0: All right, everybody, welcome to a freebie Friday edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. Uh, you get it free because of JLDHotSauce.com. They have the best hot sauces and knives. They have three flavors. Uh, they, my favorite, Thai flavor. Uh, they have the best knives for Christmas. If you have somebody that's a serious cooker or hunter in your family, um, use the code SAINTS. Get 10% off. Uh Go to JLDSharpsauce.com. Once again, that's JLDSharpsauce.com. Use the code SAINTS and get 10% off your order. All right, today I'm joined by a guy I've never actually talked to, but I feel like I know him because I follow him all the time on Twitter and I retweet him all the time. It's Seth Galena. He writes for And the Valley Shook and other places. And I love him because he breaks down, first off, the LSU's offense, which I need. And second of all, he breaks down quarterbacks' film. He knows his stuff. He's a coach. He's, you're in Canada, correct, Seth?
1: Yeah, Montreal, Quebec.
0: <laughs> so, guys, follow this guy on Twitter. Up, yeah, follow him on Twitter, Seth Galina. So, Seth, what I want to talk about today is we hear all this stuff about NFL offenses is exploding. And the crazy thing to me is I was looking at the numbers. Five years ago, they had 13 quarterbacks that had a 90 rating. This year, they have 26. Why is quarterback play so much better or easier? What is going on? And and give me something specific, not just, oh, it's the rule changes, blah, blah, blah. When when you watch film, what's the difference between now and five years ago where you didn't have this many quarterbacks playing at this level?
1: Well, I think, first of all, quarterbacks in general just being taught better from a younger age so they're getting into the league and they can do all the stuff that um, we used to think quarterbacks could do and that's going through progressions and change protection that's an important thing and those type of things they're also more accurate than, than they've ever been um, you can't get into the league um, with kind of shoddy mechanics anymore because all these guys are going through these camps when they're younger and they're getting fixed at a younger age, so they get into the league. You can't get into the league unless your elbow is perfect. You know, no, you know you're not going to see a lot of Philip Rivers-type throwers get into the league anymore. And I, obviously, he's an exception because he's such a wonderful, um, talented passer. But so the accuracy aspect has gone up tremendously. Um, in terms of scheme and stuff, I think that, you know... <laughs> Having more receivers on the field is going to make a big difference. All of a sudden, five years ago, there was more fullbacks on the field, more tight ends who couldn't run on the field. We've been seeing that as Saints fans for a long time, but it it's only slowly starting to catch up to the rest of the league. You know, fullbacks are a dying breed. Um and the Obviously Saints are one of the, the few teams team. that actually
0: have stuff for football. The interesting well, thing I saw on the ringer, it was about a month and a half ago, two months ago, it's like, oh, the revolution at, The revolution in offense is the pass-catching running back. I'm like, dude, where you been, brah?
1: The Saints yeah. have been doing that since Sean Payton got here. You know, and Pierre Thomas is the best screen-catching running back of all time.
0: Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, as I look, the, the interesting thing is, I think offense to me is – I wonder what will teams do on defense to try to counteract it cuz teams aren't going to just throw their hands up and be like, "Well, we got to score 45" cuz that's not possible. And it's not that teams are going to go defense and we'll get to if you can still be a defensive first team in a minute. But what do you see what do you think is going to be the trend? Maybe not going forward, but what do you think teams are going to try to do in December, in playoffs, not necessarily to stop the Saints specifically, we'll get into that, but what do you think defenses might try to do to sort of slow this down?
1: I think that you're going to see a lot of man coverage. One high safety, man coverage, and you're just going to say, hey, we're going to stick to your best receivers, and you got to be stupid accurate to get the ball to them. It doesn't necessarily work all the time against New Orleans because Drew Brees is stupid accurate. Um, But that's where I see the game going. I know a lot of people talk about the game going to more too high safety, match coverage. I think that the good quarterbacks can beat those type of coverages. Um, There's less underneath defenders. And the zone aspect of it means that there's holes for these good quarterbacks to hit. So that's why I see more man coverage. And, you know, the Saints have kind of gotten into a lot of that uh, recently. Uh, Double teaming, one guy playing man the rest of the field. Just general, one high, Marcus Williams in the middle of the field, everyone else manned up. They can do it, you know, with... Marshawn and, and now Eli Apple will start to play better, I hope. So I don't see a lot of zone coverages. I think you've got to play man. You've got to pick your spots. And I've said this before. You've got to pick your spots of where to trap quarterbacks. So if you have a team that's running a lot of, you know, you know teams will do this against the Saints because Peyton will put out either Michael Thomas or Avalon Kamara to the weak side of the formation in a slot and have him run a slot option so a lot of times he'll run that five yards and hit break towards the sideline so what teams will do is they'll have the corner play it from the outside in so Breeze will look there the corner will jump down on that little five yard out route and they'll try and trap it obviously Breeze is on another level, and he's able to throw down the sideline when the corner comes up. But that's, I think, type of things you'll see is is picking your spots of where to trap a quarterback or a, or a receiver down the field.
0: Is there, you know, and I don't think it'll work. But I remember when when Peyton, the year before they won the Super Bowl, and he retired, right his 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 body was breaking down, right? And he was good this the, the the first half of that Super Bowl year, but the year before he had broken down at the end and he couldn't make throws and the Colts were like, dude, we don't think you can throw down the hashes any more deep. So you're not throwing over the middle and you're not dumping off. Beat us deep. And he couldn't do it and the Colts went in there and rolled them. As you looked at this Dallas game, not that it's a blueprint because I don't know necessarily that it'll work for a myriad of reasons. I think the Saints' offensive line was tired three days, three games in eleven days. I think if you give them off, give them two weeks off, they'll be for the playoffs. It'll be regenerated. But what do you see concept that Dallas did that you're like, oh yeah? teams are going to try that and it may, it may get burned to the ground, but things that Dallas did that you're like, yep, check that, that teams are going to, teams are going to try that. Or maybe have they tried it before and it just didn't work.
1: Yeah. I think Dallas played a lot of single high man coverage. And, uh, you know, I I also agree that it wasn't really the blueprint because I think everyone was just kind of off. And I think the offensive line, there are some things that are too good to keep a secret.
2: So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.
1: it's a starting point, um, Bushrod's been, been a very serviceable tackle for us, but not having arguably a top five tackle in the league in Armstead, uh, it's really going to hurt. All of a sudden Breeze felt the pressure a little bit more. The receivers weren't separating, you know, even Michael Thomason have his best day and he's usually the guy who's going to get, you know, a yard or two of separation. And Breeze was just off. And it's funny to say that he's off when a when a quarterback misses by a foot, you know, 3 4 times in a game, that's normal, but for Breeze that means he's really off.
0: Yeah, it's just, and the thing about Breeze that's that that just it freaks me out, and I think people forget about it. Is the dude throws from his tippy toes? Like that is that to me, it it still blows my mind that he that he does this and he does it on an accurate level. I mean, I couldn't I couldn't throw a basketball from my tippy toes. I probably couldn't throw it in my door that's t- twelve feet away from me. You know, um, I,
1: I play I play quarterback for my flag football team. And there's no offensive line, there's no D line, you can see the whole field, and I still miss receivers who are wide open. So
0: <laughs> what do you like like as you look at these teams in the NFC and I wanna get to Tampa and Carolina first, not that they're necessarily playoff teams, but Tampa, because the Saints play them this week, I guess we'll start there. Their offense, they throw for they have they still lead the league in yards. And Dirk Cutter does some cool stuff, but my God, Winston—he just like I watched the game yesterday night, the, the the condensed game. He is so inaccurate sometimes, and and like, granted, I'm not a film guy like you, but I'll look at it and I'll be like, "What are you doing?" He must drive Dirk Cutter insane.
1: That game is is. A great example of what Jameis Winston is and sometimes he throws these absolutely incredible pinpoint laser passes like he has such a cannon of an arm and he's a pretty good reader of defenses but there's just too many boneheaded plays um, throughout the game that, that, are, that are just going to kill you so there's back-to-back passes um, I forget which quarter it is in the red zone um, drops back to pass doesn't like what he sees downfield. Moves out of the pocket to um, his non-throwing side. And then his receiver kind of at the front of the end zone breaks back inside. And he kind of tries to turn his body and throw back across the field. And it really should have been picked off because the ball is late. He can't get any torque on it. All that stuff. Should have been picked off. No, nope. It's a turnover play for sure. Then very next play, he again drops back. Doesn't find anything open. Now he scrambles to his throwing side and he throws this touchdown pass at the back of the end zone that is an absolute rocket, you know, with like three defenders near his receiver and he puts it over top of the defenders. Just incredible throw, and I think that probably makes Tampa Bay Buccaneers coaching staff and their fans just absolutely uh, crazy. He he
0: he is the white Jay Cutler if Jay <laughs> Cutler could ride if 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 he's the white jay cutler but he has trouble and be- problems with women and ubers like that's what he is right exactly like, like winston he's the he's the black jay cutler like jay cutler would do some things you'd be like oh my God, how did he do that and then there'd be another play where you'd be yeah. like why did you do that jay and also jay cutler had the great personality of just he looked like he could give he couldn't give less fucks about football whether he threw a touchdown or he threw yeah, a pick,
1: it wouldn't surprise me uh, if Jay Cutler was the guy smoking on the sidelines in uh, you know in the 1950s, 1960s. He was that guy, and he would have done it if it was if it was appropriate in 20, uh, 2010.
0: I would have I would have loved Jay Cutler more. So the other guy in the Saints division is Cam, and watch the same game. Something's wrong with him. Does, did he? He does not look physically right. To, he does not look physically right to me in that game. And the reason why I bring up him is Saints fans are probably listening, possibly like, "What do you care about that?" They're six and six, and if he's not physically right, the Carolina's cooked, right? They're not going anywhere. But to me, Seth, if he's just off, Carolina might be able to get it together. And the thing is, that playoff game for the Saints last year—you can say whatever you want—if if. if The receiver bird doesn't drop the touchdown, and and Gano makes a field goal that's like a 25 yard field goal. Carolina probably wins that game. So Cam, if he's fully healthy, he terrifies me because when he's on, there's no defense that can cure him. But what did you see from him against Tampa? And do you think he's hurt, or was it just a bad game?
1: I think there's definitely something in his shoulder, and there's been talk that he's got a sore shoulder or maybe something more than that. He was also just pretty bad against... um, Carolina uh, against um, Tampa Bay uh, missing reads under throwing receivers I mean once in a while you know like if you play in the NFL you can be accurate I just don't know if he's consistently accurate mm-hmm. um, he still scares me and maybe this is just uh, PTSD of watching really any quarterback in the NFC South just dominate the Saints defense over the past you know eight years <laughs> Um, But he is such a freak of nature. You know, he throws balls where he's aimed, you know, let's say he's aimed to the left and he's throwing to the right. And when you watch Breeze, Breeze is so textbook. He's always aiming where he wants to go. And Cam can still get that ball out there, even though he's kind of off platform and stuff, which is just, it's magical. It's incredible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the thing about Cam is, and and my co-host Andrew, who couldn't join us today, he he uh, he has friends that are in Cam Jordan's circle. And he asked Cam Jordan one time, uh, what quarterback terrifies you the most? And he said, Cam Newton. Because the thing is, other quarterbacks, if we get them off their spot or we hit them, Cam Newton, you can get him off his spot and it doesn't matter because he's so hard to tackle. He can run for a first down or you can hit him, he'll break your tackle, still be behind the line and make a throw that not only will not other quarterbacks not attempt, they can't even fathom it because they can't break my tackle and they'll be sacked. And he says that's why Cam Newton terrifies him because there's just there's things that he can do that it doesn't matter it doesn't matter If you have the perfect pass rush, the perfect coverage, whatever, he'll just scramble and make your defense a disaster. Um, So, other NFC teams, let's put the Rams aside. Let's focus on, like, I guess, let's talk the Seattle. How much have you watched of them? They really interest me because I thought they were going to be a disaster this year, and... I thought Pete Carroll, like, he brought in the Schottenheimer as coordinator, and I was like, they're, 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 their window is done. They might collapse. They might pick top five or six in the draft. And it's worked what Pete Carroll has done on offense. Their line is better. Russell Wilson's playing great. Now they're 7-5, and five, but they're going to make the playoffs in the NFC. What have you seen from Seattle that you like and Saints fans should maybe be worried about?
1: Well, the the main thing, and, and you hit – on both of them is the O-line play and which has really allowed Russell Wilson to kind of shine. Like he's always been this good. And in terms of quarterbacks, I like watching, you know, breeze is number one, of course, but then it's, it's Russ because he also does makes throws that are just silly. Like he's looking one way, contorting his body to throw across, um, to throw across the field. He's, he's, he's special like that. The offense you know, the scheme and the play calling doesn't even do him much favors. You know, it's not a very complicated passing offense. They run a lot of um, hitches on the outside with seams down the middle. Just, you know, simple plays. Um, but Russ just makes them work. And they run the ball probably too much considering they're not a great running team. They just, they're just they a volume running team. Russ, Russ does everything for that team, and, and he's really fun to watch. And He's a quarterback that I really wouldn't want to see in the playoffs. With that said, their defense is not great. They had a good run where they were getting a lot of turnovers, but that's not really sustainable. So it's, it's defense that's kind of ripe for the picking if we were to see them again. We would also finally, if it were to happen, we would see them in New Orleans, which is uh, a lot better than going yeah. to Seattle, as we know. Like,
0: like Seattle. The Bears, Minnesota, in New Orleans, like it would be like the reve- It could be one. The Saints are probably going to be able to get revenge on a, f- a-, a playoff uh, haunting. You know, oh six. Yeah. The and the-, the the loss to the Bears itself wasn't that painful, but their fans were really disgusting and nasty, and Saints fans haven't forgotten it. So we won a little payback for that. Seattle goes without saying. Minnesota goes without saying. Last year, although. That's talking about Minnesota. They're the team, and I put it in my column, and people just roasted me on my emails and a little bit on Twitter yesterday. I said the team that I fear the most is Minnesota, and I know they're six five and one, and they may lose to Seattle Monday night, and they'll be six six and one. But dude, those receivers and Kirk Cousins—they scare the crap out of me because the Saints' secondary is—it can still get burned to the ground. And that Minnesota game, as fun as it was. That, play, that game was two P.J. Williams plays from being completely different, and that team scares me the most. Am I right to fear Minnesota, or do I just not watch them enough and they really are like a 6-1 six, six and one mediocre team?
1: I'm kind of on board with you. Um, defensively, they give the Saints trouble because they're, you know, scheme-wise, um, great defensive line play. They can lock down receivers one-on-one. They have a great – Two great safeties in there who can who are rangy, who can also play man coverage. And offensively, like you said, the two receivers and the Saints have kind of played a lot of man coverage recently. Um, they did it against Dallas. They did a, a, a kind of version of it against Atlanta because you got a double team Julio Jones. Those receivers will separate. You know, you could have the best. DBs in the league, and we don't. Um, those two guys will separate, in and Diggs. So, and Cousins is good enough. I mean, he's well above average. He's not an elite quarterback, but he's well above average. If if you give him separation, you play man coverage and give him separation with those receivers, he'll find them. So they do worry me a lot.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Bears. I want to see them Sunday night against the Rams. But to me, I look at the Bears and. Obviously, to beat Trubisky, and I think Nagy he does he does a lot of cool things. I see I see Bears play guys on on the, and I'm not a tape watcher like you, but I, when I look at it, I see dudes getting open, and a lot of times, like I'll see a play, and especially when I'm watching games during the week, the, the condensed ones, and I'll be like, dude, dude, how did that dude get so open? And I'm like, oh, that's a cool thing. And they got they got a receiver going across, they got this guy, and it's created this big pocket of space. Like he creates fun things. But I just look at the Bears and I just, I can't, be af- I can't be afraid of them because I just, I think they would have a hard time coming to New Orleans and scoring in the mid 20s
1: unless their defense helped them. Yeah, I feel the same way. The defense could hold us to under 30 points or maybe let's say under 25 points. The offense doesn't scare me with either. You know, obviously Trubisky should be healthy, you know, going forward. He's just not a good enough passer, I think, to threaten um, most defenses. But you're right to say that, you know, the the head coach and coordinator, they really get guys open for him.
0: Yeah, like 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 Nagy, like maybe Trubisky will get better. You know, we'll see. But like that scheme that he runs is really is really cool. Now, I guess the the final team that I want to talk about, because I'm not going to talk about Washington, and because they're in the I mean, if if Sanchez, if they play the Redskins in a playoff game, and they lose to Mark Sanchez at quarterback, we might have to just close up the franchise Um, but the last team I want to talk about is the Rams, because explain to people what they do, because like the Saints, their offensive philosophy right, Seth, is we are going to formation you to death we're going to play with a little bit of tempo. And we're going to throw it all over the place. The Rams are like, we're just going to play 11 personnel. That's all we're going to do. And we're, we're just going to do it 9,000 different ways. But that's what we're going to play. And we're going to roast you. Explain to the fans like, what the Rams do schematically that is unique.
1: And, and you're right that it's so different than this, what the Saints do. Um, with all their personnel groupings and the formations and all that stuff, they have one personnel grouping. I think it's something like 95% of the time they're with you know, one tight end, one running back, three wide receivers. And even out of that, it's not like you can do so many different formations. They do a lot of tight formations. The main thing is what they want to do, and their kind of bread and butter play, is off that play action. Um, and they have a great O-line, and it helps. Off the play action, they want to send a guy, one guy deep, kind of crossing over the middle, and one guy deep, kind of staying on his side on like a little skinny post. And really, what they're trying to do is put the safeties and the corners in a bind. You get the linebackers sucked up because of the play action. It creates windows now where the quarterback doesn't really have to throw over people. And Goff is fine. He's a serviceable quarterback, probably about average, maybe a little above, above average. But the windows that's created because they use play action so much is incredible. I mean, I think they're by far the team that uses play action the most in the NFL. And it really creates a lot of windows.
0: And, you know, we, for, we forget about him because the trade worked out so well for the Saints that we don't harp on uh, Brandon Cooks being gone, their offense still rolls. So we're like, yeah, yeah, that happened. Uh he's killing it in LA. He might be better. He's got 63 receptions for 1025 yards. Um so he, he might get more yards to say but he's been he's been delivered everything. I think he's better in LA than he was in New England. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, just the type of offense. They're, they're really a downfield shot type of offense and that really suits his his elite speed coming down the field like I said. And he can run either of those kind of routes that they like, that's a post down the field to take advantage of a safety that bites up, or that crossing route where he's just going to run away from whoever's covering him all the way across the field. Those are hard to stop when you have elite speed. And you see the same with with Tyreek Hill and uh, and the Chiefs, uh, how they use him down the field, just post crossers those are the two main two main weapons with those two types of receivers
0: you just you're not just the saints if you watch you must watch tape just like nonstop so i want you to tell me first of all how much tape do you watch during the week and second of all what offenses do you watch that infuriate you that make you angry and or make you want to
1: drink that they're so bad can I um, – so I watch, I watch a ton of film and sometimes I even feel like I'm watching it uh, while I sleep. I close my eyes and I see cover three and posts and digs and all that stuff. Um, can I reverse the question? Can I tell you about the defenses that infuriate me? Yes. So, I, you know, you watch the Saints on Thanksgiving against the Falcons and they didn't give themselves a chance they just played zone coverage. They spot-dropped into cover three, and Breeze absolutely lit them up. <laughs> and I I cannot believe, and this is where the Saints have changed. I want to bring that up. You know, I went back and I watched the first Tampa Bay game again in preparation for this week, and the Saints were running a lot of just spot-dropping cover three. And Now, no, don't get me wrong. They were making a lot of mistakes in the secondary, but they were just... Just giving up so many big windows to Fitzpatrick, they've changed. They're more of a match cover three team where, you know, after the distribution of the routes, they'll play man coverage and they just play straight up a lot more man coverage. So those teams that spot up and play cover three, I've seen it throughout the league. I think it's absolutely infuriating because it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's what you see at the high school level. It's what those quarterbacks have seen their whole life. And it just makes it just makes it easy for them. And a guy like Breeze, I mean, it's too easy. Yeah, I
0: mean, um, so I guess final final thought, and then I'll let you get out of here, and thanks for giving us time. Uh, Follow Seth Galina, at Seth Galina on Twitter. He's awesome. So final thought, what do you see in the NFC – happening in the playoffs, do you still see it as a collision course with the Saints or the Rams? Saints and the Rams and the NFC title, or has anything sort of
1: changed your mind where you're like,
0: eh, maybe that won't happen?
1: I Yeah, I'm still on board with the Saints-Rams-NFC championship game, hopefully in New Orleans. Um, like you said about the Bears, the offense doesn't worry me that much. Um, with the Vikings, they're, yeah, they worry us, but like you said, there still could be six, six, and one. Um, so, the NFC's East winner, even Dallas. I don't know if what they did against us was sustainable, especially if the O line is rested and Armstead is back. So, I really do believe it's still a Rams Saints uh, collision course for sure.
0: All right, Seth Guy, thanks for joining us. We'll touch back with you. Dur- we'll touch back with you later, probably in the off season. Uh, to talk draft, even though the Saints probably <laughs> won't have any picks. <laughs> but, guy, I appreciate it. It's uh, it's it's it was great to finally meet you, and uh, we'll talk to you again.
1: All right, perfect. Thank you.